Welcome to the Work Camper Show, a podcast devoted to helping you discover how to finance your RV travel dreams. I'm Steve Anderson, the president of Work Camper News. Each one of our episodes will either introduce you to people who are already living the RV lifestyle or to opportunities to work short-term jobs. You'll also learn how to hit the road the right way and make the most of every opportunity. Now let's turn over today's show to your host, Greg Gerber. Thanks, Steve. Today I'm going to speak with a U.S. Army Corps of Engineers ranger about work camping opportunities in South Central Massachusetts. Today's episode is sponsored by The Dreamer's Journey. It's an online course and community produced by Work Camper News. Life is way too short to keep your dreams on hold, so don't be held back by fear because you were designed for more. Get started in the RV lifestyle the right way with this comprehensive guide. For just $29.95 for one year of access, Dreamers have unlimited viewing of 50 plus videos to learn things like what type of RV to buy, goal setting, how to budget for the adventure, developing a positive mindset, setting up a domicile, and operating a small business on the road, plus everything about work camping and how to find the right job for you. Each video is 30 to 90 minutes long to give in-depth coverage on each topic. There's no wrong time to get started. So for more information, visit www.rvdreamersjourney.com. Angela Erskine works at the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Project at Buffum Lake and Hodges Village Dam, which is located in South Central Massachusetts, just a few miles from the Connecticut border. The 483-acre Buffum Recreation Area includes a day-use park with a boat ramp and 300 feet of shoreline used as a warm water beach. There are also five fishing platforms and seven miles of hiking trails near the lake. The adjacent Hodges Village Dam features 963 acres of recreation space along the Colder Water Lake. It offers 22 miles of hiking trails as well as canoe and kayaking launch sites. Disc golf is available at both locations. The project is located seven minutes from Oxford and 50 miles southwest of Boston, which means there's plenty of opportunity to enjoy a quiet, natural respite not too far from one of the largest, most historic cities in America. Work campers are needed to help perform maintenance on hiking trails, pick up trash, greet guests, keep the facilities clean, and generally ensure people are having a good time. They might do some light mowing, repair stairs, or painting. There are no camping facilities at either location, so work campers typically serve as extra eyes and ears to help rangers ensure the park operates smoothly. Angela said a big portion of the work camper's duty involves keeping visitors safe by reminding them of rules pertaining to life jackets and the need to keep hydrated while using the lakes. Work campers are not involved in any law enforcement type activities. If a situation arises where that kind of help is needed, work campers simply call rangers and ask them to get involved. The positions are volunteer and seasonal in nature. The parks are typically open the second weekend in May through the second weekend in September, which coincides with the school schedules. Most of the visitors to the parks are families with children. Work campers are asked to work at least 20 hours a week per person and generally be on duty during weekends when the park is busiest, but there is some scheduling flexibility. Work campers receive a free full hookup RV site in exchange for their time as well as a golf cart they get to keep on site and use when working. To tell us more about volunteer work camping opportunities in South Central Massachusetts this summer, please welcome Ranger Angela Erskine with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to the show. 
Thanks for joining me today, Angela. I appreciate your time. Tell me a little bit about the USAE project that you're working for, where it is, and the kinds of things that work campers can do. Well, we have, our project office is located at Buffonville Lake. Um, we have a sister project office. It's the Hodges Village Dam. And so we run them in tandem with one another for flood risk control and management. Um, Buffonville Lake and the dam there was built in 56, and the Hodges Village Dam was built in 57. We employ work campers for both. Um, we usually have a couple of work camper volunteers at each one. Each one has different recreation facilities, but somewhat similar. Um, for example, Buffonville is about 480 feet acres of reservoir area that we have recreation on. And they have a day-use park with a boat ramp and a 300-foot shore footline beach, um, five fishing platforms. We have um, fishing and 7.2 miles of trail, hiking trail that go around the lake. So a lot of different variety of campers and day users there. That's great. Hodges Village Dam, yeah, Hodges Village Dam is a little different. It's 960 feet acres, um, and it's a dry bed reservoir over on that side on the French River. Um, cold water versus warm water at Buffonville. So it's funny that they're so close, but they're so similar and so different at the same time. There's over 22 miles of hiking trails over there, and we have some leased um, land. We have a Greenbrier Park that's leased out to the city, and we have canoe kayaking launches there and disc golf at both. So, yeah, Wonderful. pretty popular areas. What, what state is it in? We're located in Massachusetts. Um, Buffonville will be in Charlton, and Hodges is in Oxford, just across the city line. So... Okay. Is that the Boston area? We are about 15 minutes out of Boston. Okay. Very good. And how long have you been with U.S. Army Corps of Engineers? Um, I started with the Corps um, as a second profession in 2012. So I have celebrated my 10 years with the Corps as of this year. But this is only my second season at Buffonville Lake. And are you a ranger? Yes. And what kinds of things do you do? Well, that's what people always ask. I usually <laughs> ask the question of others, what do park rangers do? <laughs> Especially when we're hiring our seasonals, you know, we want to give them a good idea of what it is that we do because people sometimes, you know, do you fight forest fires? Do you generally in our field, we deal with a lot of visitor assistance. So we're, um, Interacting with the public on a daily basis, I guess, if you will, um, solving problems and taking care of people that come and visit us because we have such high visitation rates. So that's generally what we do. And then with visitation comes, you know, the fun things like trash pickup and rounds and things like that, too. But um, basically visitor assistance, just serving the public. Okay. And how long have you folks been utilizing work campers? You know, Work Camper has been used at Buffonville Lake for well over 20 years. Wow. <laughs> we, found, we found a lot of our really good resources out of Work Camper here. So. Okay. What kind of jobs do they typically do? Our Work Campers are generally hosts that assist us with visitor assistance. 
Um, they will sometimes perform some minimal trail maintenance, um, trash pickup. Sometimes we have them check our facilities to make sure that they're in good working order. Um, you know, all kinds of outdoor fun things. Gardening, we usually try to seek out what our work campers really enjoy doing, and then we focus on that because there's always something to do. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine in a project of that size. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So as a project, as a host, now are these campground hosts or day hosts? Um, They are day hosts. We don't have any camping available at Buffalo Lake or Hodges. We're a day use park only. So generally their duties just have to do with people coming and going throughout the day. We're open from sunrise to sunset, so um, it just helps to have a couple pairs of extra eyes and hands to help us out where we can't always be all the time. So Sure. Are the work campers involved in collecting fees? Um, generally not. Um, there are cases where we have had, and actually this year would be one of the first years that we've had volunteers collecting fees for us and helping us assist in that just because we've had a lot of difficulty um, fulfilling those positions to our contracting division. So, yes, that is something that they could potentially be doing. Okay. So basically they're sitting at the gate and letting people in and directing them where to go? Yes, sometimes, Mm -hmm. yes. Okay. And then they bop around the campground, or not the campground, the facility throughout the day, just sort of keeping an eye on things, answering questions of people who are visiting, and maybe helping to remind people of the various rules? Yeah, of the various rules and regulations and just ways that they can be safer in their recreation um, endeavors when they come to our park. Um, The big portion of our job and also with our work campers is to keep the public safe. So if we see someone not wearing a life jacket or, you know, someone's out in the heat of the day, we remind them to stay hydrated or, you know, things of that nature, just kind of reminding them that, you know, be safe out there. Mm -hmm. They do not participate in any kind of law enforcement activities, though, do they? No, no, we leave that to the rangers um, just to try to avoid any conflict and things that might be a little bit hairier situations to deal with, so... Sure. So if a work camper ever gets into a situation like that, all they have to do is use the phone or radio to contact the ranger, and the ranger comes out yes. and handles it. That, yes, you got it. That's what you get yeah, the big bucks several... for. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yes. Okay. So are these seasonal or year-round opportunities? These are generally seasonal. Um, we've usually had we've had work campers as late as into the fall, um, our park is generally open the third week in May to the second week in September. Well, that's a nice season. So it's closing right yeah. before foliage? Yes, a little bit before foliage, <laughs> the fall foliage, yep. Okay, why is that? Uh, generally, that's the largest, I guess, when they set up our feet area, that's the largest visitation that we receive is between those months. And it gives us an opportunity at that time to do some things in the fall before snowfall comes. And mm-hmm. National Public Lands Day ends up being the end of September. So we're usually trying to put things back and repair things. And we start, you know, going into a new budget year and, you know, just trying to put new implementations into the park. So it gives us time to do that. But also just because with school going back in session, 
that's the largest portion of our visitation public. So, Are the work campers involved in any of the maintenance activities? Yes, yes. Anything from repairing stairs to doing some light mowing and trail maintenance to gardening, painting, <laughs> you okay. know, anything that comes with all that. Yep. All the kinds of good stuff. Very good. How many yeah. hours a week do you expect them to work? Um, so our organization requires no less than a minimum of 20 hours a week um, per individual. And some are more than happy to do more than that. But our minimum requirement is 20 hours a week is all we require. So, And these are volunteer positions, am I correct? Yes. At this time, they're still on the volunteer basis. Um, I don't know in the foreseeable future if that would change. But at this time, yes, they're just uh, volunteer how do, you folks, how do you folks handle scheduling? Uh, scheduling is, we're pretty, we're pretty lenient on that. You know, we, we prefer to have um, our volunteers and our work campers here when we have the majority of our visiting public, which is usually over a weekend, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Not to say that they have to be here every single weekend. We're very flexible in that. We like to make sure that we're working with them because, we we honestly can't run the project's offices without them. You know, they help us maintain and keep things in smooth running order. So as long as they're putting in that 20 hours and we have a good line of communication, letting us know what their needs are, we're willing to work with that. So, How many work campers are you expecting to hire this season? This season we have, let's see, this upcoming season we would have Two at Buffenville, two at Hodges, and potentially two to four more at the park in the upcoming season. Okay. So are the work campers basically working with each other to try and figure out who's going to cover each shift, or do you folks assign that? Um, we kind of we do a little bit of both. <laughs> we kind of have certain days that we'd like to assign them for and commit to just so that with ranger staffing, we can make sure that we know what days, you know, and can run fluidly. But we're willing to work on those schedules, too. We usually sit down as a group and do an orientation at the beginning of the year and decide what works for everybody and go from there. Are there any special skills or qualifications that they need? Well, any anyone that enjoys being outdoors or enjoys working with the public, that's a plus. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. But, um, no, no special skills required. Um we, like I said before, we kind of try to seek out what it is that our work campers are really skilled at, whether it be using hand tools or if they're, they have some carpentry skills, we might put them on like a kiosk um, improvement job or, you know, something that needed to be done there. But we, we, we generally try to hone in on what it is that their skills are really good at, and then we utilize that, so... Are they involved in anything like interpretive tutorials and things like that, leading lectures or hikes with the guests? Yes. From time to time, we do do a lot of interpretive stuff. Um, prior to this with COVID, we have not had a lot of that programming, but we're now getting back on track and doing that. And many times we do ask for help from our work campers, whether it be traffic control or to help us greet visitors when they're coming once we do these interpretive programs. Um, in past project offices I've worked at, we've had work campers do a lot of the programming with us, and we're hoping to do that here in the future as well. 
Are there any special skills or training that they have to have in order to do these jobs? No. Um, again, you know, we kind of just do on-the-job, on-the-site training as far as things that may or may not, you know, just the informational aspect of that they might know to assist us in promoting our water safety mission and, you know, getting that information out to the public. Okay. The work campers aren't getting out in a boat, though, and talking to people out in the lake, though, are they? Not generally, and and that's simply just because of kind of our regulation, too, with um, government vehicles and things like that. Mm-hmm. But we do provide them with, um, you know, golf carts or um, ATVs or things like that that they can use to get out to the areas that we need them to to check on our visiting public. When do you begin recruiting for the next season? We usually, <laughs> that's a good question. We actually begin recruiting. We're, I'm always recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always looking for anybody. Um, we do get people that stop in and ask, and I say, well, sure, you know, if you're willing to come this next season or if you're looking down the road, let me know. We'll find a spot for you. We'll work it out. Um, generally, we provide them a place with full water and sewer hookup and electricity, all that for them to stay on site so that they're comfortable and you know, free on-site laundry, all that kind of stuff, so that all their comforts of home are taken care of. But we do, we recruit almost continually. Um, But for sure, um, the prior season is when we're looking at, you know, are they going to (laughs) return? And if they're not, then we need to find someone that can help fulfill that for the next season. So, How many work campers do you think actually return from year to year? I, I... Perspectively, would love to have six to eight recurring every year, and um, you know for sure a couple at each site, and you know more volunteers that we can employ at the park would be very helpful to us in the future. What's involved in the interviewing and hiring process? Um, so they're generally pretty um, informal. But I just kind of contact them and let them know about our area, give them some information about the project offices and see if it would be a good fit for both us and them. Um, <clears throat> we, our organization usually requires a background check um, and fingerprinting just to make sure, you know, they, being that they do, do deal with the public, um, we want to make sure that they're good there. Um, if they're going to be driving, like, say, one of our, um, all train vehicles, we usually have them do a defensive driving training just to make sure that they're kind of on the same level of safety training that we are. Some of those things. So, Okay, so relatively easy and not, not yeah. too technical. Okay. How many days does it take for them to be fully trained? We usually spend a good week um, just going over everything between the project tour and you know, getting them keys to buildings that they would need to enter, um, showing them around, giving them duty lists, figuring out what they need for supplies to do that job. So we spend a good solid week just kind of getting them, you know, we're continually training or we'll add in a new task and say, okay, here's how we do this. And we go from there. Or a lot of times we'll do it alongside with them until they're comfortable. So I would say about a week we usually spend in training. Do they get a vehicle to use while they're working? Uh, government vehicles, as far as a motor vehicle, no, um, but we do provide, um, like, a, say, a golf cart or an all-terrain vehicle that they can get to and from our trail areas and things like that for trash pickup or for visiting the public. 
Do they get to keep that on site, or is that something they would pick up every day they were working? Uh, yes, that is kept on site right where they're located at, so it's easily accessible, especially if they have to go out and, you know, in short order, they can just have it there and accessible. Mm-hmm. Now, you said you're open from sunup to sundown. Does that mean the work campers are working from sunup to sundown on the shifts or the days that they are scheduled to work? No, no. Again, like I say, the minimum requirement per week is 20 hours. So we just kind of gauge that where our highest visitation rates come in. Um, Rangers, generally during that time and that season of the year, we have someone here from 7 in the morning till 8.30 at night. So, And that's from Memorial Day to Labor Day. <laughs> okay. And sometimes later, depending. But we don't require them to work so, to sundown, no. Thank goodness. All right. So if a work camper was scheduled to work on a Tuesday, they might work a couple of hours in the morning when everybody's coming into the park and then again in the afternoon? Yeah. Yep, for sure. Okay. Yep, that sounds about right. That's easy. they go out enough. and do a little trail maintenance in the morning and maybe in the afternoon they help us weed a garden in the front office or, you know, just we're pretty laid back, pretty easy going out here. What are some of the things that people can do when they're not working in that area? Oh, my goodness. There's so many things to do in New England itself. So the thing about the New England states is they're all very close together. However, traffic is always, you know, a pending issue. (laughs) You -hmm. always want to allocate for traffic. But we have right here in Oxford, we have um, Purgatory Chasm, which is a state park. Um, they have, it's a very beautiful scenic area. You can go see, um, there, like I say, not aside from our areas, there's tons of hiking trails. Um, we're located in what's called, um, the last green Valley. And so it's very well known for its rolling hills and scenic areas to visit just along between all the state parks and the national parks. It's just crazy beautiful that way. Um, there's plenty of, um, restaurants and antiquing if they like to do that. Um, There's a million different things that, you know, they could find within their interest. Or there's always a short trip to Boston, so. And how far away did you say Boston was? Boston typically um, runs between that 50-minute to an hour um, drive. A pretty short distance to Boston, you know, depending traffic. And you have all that history history and mm-hmm. things to see it's just or you can take a day trip up to plymouth and see plymouth rock it's it's beautiful out here okay what about maine how far are you from maine like portland? Uh, maine is a little bit yeah so if we were to go to portland i just did a day trip up there i want to say you're between the two and a half three hour mark just to cross over the border there i was just there recently with a friend of mine and it's it's a pretty it's a very easy day trip to there um we're just Again, 15 minutes on this side of the Connecticut border. So essentially, if you came and stayed in the area, you'd get to dip your toe in every one of the New England states because they're all within a day trip. It's only an hour to any of the coastlines between Massachusetts, Connecticut, Rhode Island, um, and Maine. So you could see ocean front water within an hour distance in most directions. Okay. And you said you're very close to Connecticut. Does that mean that you could drive down to Connecticut and pick up a train and go into New York City? Yes, you could. <laughs> yes, you could. <laughs> that would be fun. Yep. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, New York is also a um, very close distance. You know, when you look across the way the crow flies, it's a very close distance to go to New York for the day. Yeah. Very good. 
What is one thing that work campers can do to stand out if they'd really want this job? Well, <clears throat> work campers and ones that have personally stood out for me are people that are very um, calm in demeanor and don't get excited about things too easily. Just kind of take things as they come. You have to be able to think on your feet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> You'll sometimes get questions from the public that you're not even sure how to answer. I've run into that myself, but just knowing that, you know, you're there to help and assist them with the questions that they do have. And if you're slow to temper and those kind of things, it's, it makes it very easy dealing with the public because you're, you're just there to assist them and help them and keep them safe. So we generally look for people that are just really good in talking to the public and have a very polished appearance, you know. Easy going. Very easy going, yeah. Okay, because people are there to have fun, right? And so they're there to exactly. help facilitate that, right? And happy yep. recreation, mm-hmm. yeah. Happy work campers make happy visitors. This is absolutely mm-hmm. correct. In my experience, absolutely correct. Is there one thing you wish all work campers knew before they came to work for you? Something that they we wish that they would know. Yeah, or that they knew about oh. the project or about the job that they would under fully understand before they came to work for you. <clears throat> well, work campers, a lot of them that come to us, many times I hear often that they're like, "Oh, the Corps of Engineers," and they're not really familiar what it is that our organization organization does. So, my first um, bit of introduction to them is generally describing to them what our what we do as a federal agency and what kind of our main mission set is. So just knowing kind of how we prioritize things, even though recreation is one of the biggest things that take up, you know, a good portion of our work day, recreation falls very far on the bottom of our list <laughs> mm-hmm. as far as nationally because um, we're flood risk management project officers, but we first and foremost run the dams under flood risk management. So, I guess that's a good thing for them to know that if something in operations comes down the pike that we need to handle and it's under flood risk management, that always comes first and then recreation comes second. So letting them know that, and in turn, that is why we need the work campers because sometimes we are not able to give as much to the recreation side as we want to. So it's mm-hmm. good to have them in place of us. So. Very good. Where can people get more information about this opportunity? To get more information about volunteering with us, aside from our ads that we put in Work Camper, all you have to do is you can go to one of our core um, websites. You can look up um, core volunteer positions under the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and look up per district or per state. And they have drop-down boxes so that you can look at what project offices are in need of what type of individuals and duties. Okay. Or you can contact the um, you can contact our project offices directly if you see some place on the map that you wanted to go visit. Pick out a core project office and call their their main line directly. Ask for the project manager or their volunteer coordinator and see if they have a place for someone that would want a work camper or a volunteer for the season. Um, New England is always looking, um, not just us, but other project offices just close in the area. So we're 
we're overjoyed when people call us and say, hey, do you have anything we can do? Sure. <laughs> Are you kidding? Of course we have something you can do. So I would, the best thing would be to contact directly because then you talk to that person that's running that project office and they can be more specific in the duty set. Okay. So. One, one question I forgot to ask a little earlier is what is the commitment that you require for your work campers as far as the length of time that they have to be in that position? Oh, again, that we're very flexible. We're generally and ideally looking for someone, you know, sometime that middle of May time frame, you know, before Memorial Day or at least by Memorial Day to Labor Day. Um, just because even though we close the park the second week in September, we still have a lot of visitation even mm-hmm. through the end of September. So if we can get someone to stay, you know, May, June, July, August, we, we look at that as a win. So... Okay, so you'd like them to be there all summer, not working like six weeks or a month or something like that and moving on. Yes, preferably. Okay. Yeah, yeah, just preferably um, due to the fact that we also run with very, very minimal staff amounts. It's hard to retrain over and over again. We do have a lot of local volunteers and things, too, that will come in, groups um, like Boy Scouts of America and some of the local trail rider groups that will come in and help us. However, it, it also takes a lot of time of our small project staff to, to keep retraining. So we prefer to get somebody on board and get comfortable and, and just enjoy the whole season with us. Very good. Well, thank you, Angela. I really appreciate the time. It sounds like a great opportunity for some work campers. Yes. Thank you for interviewing me today. And I hope that that answers some questions and I hope that we find some good individuals for the upcoming season. I'd like to thank Ranger Angela Nerskin for coming on the show to talk about volunteer opportunities at the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Project at Buffum Lake and Hodges Village Dam near Oxford, Massachusetts. There aren't any specific skills needed to do the job other than a love for being outdoors and working with the public. Angela said rangers work with work campers to assign them jobs they're skilled at performing, whether it's light construction, landscaping, or interacting with visitors. From time to time, work campers may get involved in interpretive programming, such as helping with presentations or nature walks. The application process is as simple as contacting Angela to express an interest in working at the project. Then she'll schedule a call to provide more information about the project, answer questions, and see if it would be a good fit for the work campers. Being a federal operation, all work campers are required to go through a background check, which includes being fingerprinted. If they will be required to operate government vehicles, work campers will have to take defensive driving and safety training classes. Although it is a volunteer position, it lets work campers stay at the very popular part of the country for free. There are plenty of historical sites to visit in Boston, Salem, Martha's Vineyard, and Springfield. It's a quick drive to Providence, Rhode Island, and Hartford, Connecticut. And it's super easy to take a train from New Haven, Connecticut to New York City, where people can enjoy a scenic drive into Maine. If you're interested in Revolutionary War or colonial history, there are plenty of places to visit within a few hours of Buffalo Lake and Lodge's Village Dam. For more information about volunteer opportunities with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, visit usace.usajobs.gov. Today's episode is sponsored by Work Camper News. With its diamond and platinum membership tools, Work Camper News is much more than just a job listing website. When you put the stories of this professional service into action, you'll find out just how easy it can be to turn your work camping dreams into reality. 
The one-year memberships open the door to a one-stop shop for all things work camping. Being the original resource for work camping, you'll find the largest number of job listings, be able to connect with the community of work campers, and view resources compiled by experts who've been enjoying the RV lifestyle for many years. If you're serious about leading a successful and enjoyable work camping lifestyle, then a Diamond or Platinum membership is for you. You can even get started with a free 30-day trial by visiting www.workcamper.com forward slash trial. Embark on new adventures today with the support of Work Camper News behind you. That's all I have for this week's show. Next week, I'll be speaking with a woman who travels the country writing news stories and features for a major RV industry publication. I'll have that interview on the next episode of The Work Camper Show. Thanks for listening.